Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, we're going to do kind of a do-over, or at least have the first Friday of the month at the second Friday of the month with Dr. Alessandra Duke. She'll be joining us as we'll be catching up with the two of them on their latest adventures and sharing what's inspiring us in 2022. And now we welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Um, it is not technically First Friday, but we're doing a First Friday do-over, so I am joined by my, by my fantastic First Friday co-host, Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Hi. And uh, Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. You can find those at 1150kknw.com at the uh, station's website. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, And so just for a quick housekeeping, my website is goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, Dr. Alessandra, what is yours? (laughs) Yes, my website is alessandraduke.com. Okay. Okay. So here we are. So I have to just say at the outset, um, we were supposed to do this show on the actual first Friday, which is usually how things work around here. Um, but uh, two things happened. Uh, kind of, I, I guess it kind of was a little bit of a perfect storm because I got really sick last week, as did Chase um, and uh, the folks that we spent New Year's with, our neighbors. And we all, um, I did not take a COVID test, but everybody else did. And they Party a little it. too hard, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I was in bed. Happy New Year! And we're done. Yeah, I know. I was in bed by 10 p.m. And then we all got sick basically the next day. <laughs> Should have so, burned it off. All four of us. But anyway, I didn't take a test, but I'm quite sure that I had it. Um, anyway, and so last week, right up until we went live for the show, I ended up canceling everything last week. And as it had turned out, my guest for today needed to push their appearance. So this slot was open. So I texted Alessandra early Friday morning last week and said, I don't think I can do first Friday. Like this is, I'm still running a temperature of 102 and have trouble sitting up (laughs) in a chair for any period of time. (laughs) Poor thing. And I'm That's just sad. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) And you'll hear me. I know my voice is still nasally. And I'm still coughing, so I apologize. And then Alessandra. Stay over there. Don't yeah, move. exactly. Stay over there. No, I'm not contagious anymore. Really. I'm, I'm going on 14 days at this point. So I think I'm good to go. Anyway, but Alessandra, now you're sick. And yes. we both are like, I think we both have the flu. Ro- or I had, you have Flu-rona. the flu Rona. I don't know. Anyway, so we just have to say thank you to your patience and flexibility, everyone. Um, listeners out there, because we were supposed to. Um, start up 2022 with first Friday and hit the ground running. And I mm-hmm. basically, well, I kind of literally hit the ground, like laid on the floor and <laughs> hit the ground <laughs> for about the last week. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we hit the ground in some kind of way. Yeah, I that's did. for sure. Just hit the ground mm-hmm. and stayed there. I did not run. So mm-hmm. here we are on January 14th, 2022 with our first live show. Happy to be spending it with you, even though we didn't get to do it on the first Friday. Dr. Alessandra. So anywho, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to be in my new year with you, Sunny. Here we are. Yay. Another year together. 
Yes. Oh, and With also. With Benny. I love this. Oh, yes. thanks. I'm just tagging along. Mm. Oh, and ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Benny, how, uh, just so we can do a check-in with you, since it's, I haven't seen you in three or four weeks at this point since we did, uh, you know, took the holidays off and yeah, there was, sick last week. Yeah, you took a little time off away from the studios yeah. and all that, and we took care of you. Um, things are good. I was actually supposed to go to uh, Texas on the 31st. For right. the Sun Bowl, the Cougs were invited to play the game. Uh-huh. Uh, Miami, earlier in the week, bailed out of the bowl game themselves, so then uh, they had to find a new team. Okay. We were still going to go. That mm. was my mom's boyfriend and I. We got tickets. We're like, we're doing this. Uh-huh. We're going crazy. We got to go to a bowl game. And then when Miami pulled out of the bowl game and they got some Central Michigan team, which, sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, they ended up winning. Uh, but we then looked at all of the reports and all the snow back east and all the flights being canceled. And uh-huh. every, we're like, we're not going. Yeah. And it was uh-uh. a smart move because after that week, which was the last week, people were still trying to get home yeah, exactly. from initially their holiday season yeah. uh, abroad or over wherever they were. Yeah traveling and so i'm very glad we didn't go yeah it sounds like you yeah. made the right choice there. saved a few bucks yeah. and uh well we still saw the game locally which turned out to be a, a bummer though we because the Cougs lost but ah, no big deal yes well i did um chase brought home something Coog related <gasps> for you i'll just say and then i completely forgot to bring Sorry. it in it would have been much more fun to bring it in on first friday since we spent that's okay you're but, still Coog love there yes you still got some Coog love coming. From, I'll get Chase needs <laughs> to get so full excited. credit because he's put he brought it home. But anyway, <laughs> sweet, 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 sweet. Very good to be back with you, Benny. And uh, you too. Yeah. And I could never have enough Coog stuff. So just whatever okay. it is, you just send it my way. Good to know. And that's a, a little note out there for any listeners. If you want to send Benny some love at the studio, apparently Coog love is the kind he likes the best. I have a very <laughs> different idea of what Coog love means. <laughs> oh, you're clever. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever. Goes in, you know, goes on in sports. I'm mm. clueless. So well, I'm it like, could, oh. it can be. I'm just picturing like Benny in some like like cougar uh-huh. kind of print attire. I am actually just, like a fuzzy jacket. I'm... And you know, just I want to. <laughs> actually, I'm just getting my own ideas of some coke love for <laughs> Benny. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. We need to make it even more explicit. I think you need some more animal print, Benny. Oh, well, we'll work on that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. okay. New Year's goals. Exactly, mm. right? <laughs> okay, so let's see. I know I was so super excited um, when you sent me your text about what was kind of on your mind and your heart these days. So I think there's some really good stuff to get into. But mm-hmm. I also want to say... That I want to make sure, could we start with what I kind of left off with last time because I felt bad that I'd teased up this book that was changing my life and then we had like 30 <laughs> seconds to, to right. And I was like, was could about. you please talk about this book? You were like, and I will say more about it, yes. in, you know, later we have, on. We have 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, you really left. teased it up. I, yeah, so yeah, I am fail. really curious um, about about that book yeah wanting you to say more about your work around it because I know that I've been doing some of the practices myself but I'm I haven't been officially reading the book yeah well so I think I'll just um I can give you the background and I think I probably mentioned a little bit last time but I'm gonna I apologize but I'm gonna repeat because not only do I not remember exactly what I said it was only it was given very short shrift at the um so and I feel like this work is it has been so timely for me for personal reasons, which I'll share more about, 
But mm-hmm. I think it is so timely for many, many people right now. Um, uh, just because I think a lot of people are experiencing uh, uncomfortable emotions and big feelings right now. And, and some of them related to, you know, the new year and this latest COVID, you know, Omicron surge, which has just, mm-hmm. I think, rocked a lot of people's worlds and parents particularly. Anyway, so this book, um, I feel like I mentioned where I heard about it, but in, in we're both in Tosha Silver's forum, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, I love. She's one of those teachers of my heart, um, and she just keeps me even and at peace yes. in a way that yes. other work does not. So she happened to mention in passing uh, some member of the forum had uh, shared a book, and it's called Make Miracles in 40 Days, Turning What You Have into What You Want. And it was by Melody, or it is by Melody Beatty, which if you are in recovery circles or um, – I think she's really well known in those groups, but she wrote the book Codependent No More. That's probably why mm-hmm. people know her most. But surprisingly, she's written, to, I know <laughs> she says her publisher just kept wanting her to write Codependent No More over and over in different variations that she finally was like, <laughs> I, that's not what I want to do anymore. But this practice that she writes about and make, mir- uh, make miracles in 40 days, um, she has been doing since the late 1970s or she had been at the time of writing of this book. This book came out in 2010, so it's about, I don't know, 10, 11 years old at this point. So she shares this story, and this is what got my attention and why I decided, like, immediately upon hearing just the name of this book, I went out and found it and read it in two days. It's only, like, four-hour listen on Audible, so it's not super long or anything. That's another reason why it's great. It's very approachable. But in the 1970s, Melody Beattie was... um, newly married somewhat. Um, she had discovered some things about her husband that, you know, he was not very honest about finances or his sobriety or no, a number of other things. They were, they had one little one um, who was about a year old and then another on the way. And, and they, um, her husband wants to buy a house, even though they should not be doing this. The only one they could qualify for was like the worst home on the block. She said it was, <laughs> it had been rented for many years and then they had had it vacant for quite some time because no one even wanted to rent it. It was so bad. And or in shake. Well, and there was, what was it that she wrote about? <laughs> like not even a self-respecting ghost would haunt right? this house. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought that was awesome. Exactly. So clearly mm. you've been, <laughs> you've been following the story too. Mm. But, so it has this horrible orange shag carpet that you can just envision how dirty it was and holes that go from inside to the outside of the house. And she just, the way she described it, it was, it was pretty much a big pit of a house. And she would just, after she put the baby to bed, she would just sit on the floor on this awful shag carpet and just be miserable about her experience, be mad at God and at her husband and at the house and at the orange shag carpet. And she was miserable. Um, And she said that uh, there there came a certain point where she realized, like, as much work as she was putting into her misery, what would happen if she actually tried to plaster gratitude on top of this misery? And she said, look, I did not feel grateful for anything. But what she said that she wanted to try was basically, um, well, uh, the analogy that or the little metaphor that I thought was so great was she had tried to put – she wanted to paint the walls because they are this like this awful wallpaper on them. And so she goes out and she doesn't know much about home remodeling or redecorating or anything. And she goes out and just tries to put, gets the paint and puts it on top of the existing wallpaper. And that 
then ends up bringing down the wallpaper and another subsequent four layers of other iterations <laughs> of wallpaper underneath there. So it's in even worse shape than what it began with, if that was even possible. And so I had this image of her, you know, trying to put up the, make the walls prettier and the plaster just comes down. And she said, so I decided to try to plaster gratitude over all my misery, basically. And, and so she just decided that she would um, practice saying, I'm grateful for uh, everything that was going wrong in her life. And she doesn't go into huge detail about this, but she references in the book certain universal laws, um, things like <coughs> saying your thank you, saying thank you for things, even when it is not something that you are necessarily thankful for. And so she would get on the floor at night, and instead of just being miserable and yelling at God and her, and her husband and, and the orange shag carpet, she would say, I am grateful for this horrible shag carpet. I am grateful for this pit of a house. I am grateful that I am irate at my husband for putting us in this situation. I am grateful that I feel like God has forgotten me. Um, and basically every negative emotion and um, every negative thought that she was having, she just plastered gratitude on it. She decided to try it for a period of time. And this is the whole 40-day part. And she said it took like, you know, 10 minutes a day, really. And she, anytime she would feel, you know, a negative thought or emotion, she would say, thank you for this. And I found this so incredibly appealing because at the time when I heard about this, I'm standing, you know, in the little rental. We're in, we've gone from one Airbnb to the next as we're still looking for a place here in Seattle. Um, and it's, it is um, one of those where a type A like me doesn't like having so many unknowns. And so I'm sitting mm -hmm. there and I don't know where we're going to be living. I don't know. I can't access any of my things because they're all out in a pod in Des Moines. And Movi is chasing the cats now that we're in a house. And there's just, a, I have all these applications due for Divinity School. And I'm thinking, I don't even know where to begin with this. There was just so much going on. And I was waking up in a lot more fear and uncertainty and frustration than I had in a long time. You know, kind of reacclimating to real life after we've been on the road for seven months or so. And so I just started saying thank you anytime I would feel afraid or uncertain or frustrated or any of the things. And I started this practice, and it's called in the book, you know, Project Miracle. She did this with by herself for many years, but um, ended up doing this with a partner. If you're interested in how to do it, I would just recommend, you know, grabbing the book. Um, uh, it's by Melody Beatty, uh, Make Miracles in 40 Days. But anyway... I started doing this practice where I just have a little file on my note-taking app in my computer, and it's called Project Miracle. And every day I get up and I write, today I am grateful for. And I write all the things that <coughs> I do not feel grateful for, but I am experiencing anyway. And um, what I noticed, and this is why I think it's so cool, especially for spiritually-minded folks, because I talk a big game about not spiritually bypassing things and feeling uncomfortable emotions. And I will tell you, I'm pretty good at recognizing what I'm feeling. I used to have to go through layers when I was first starting this process. Um, um, and that was really way back when, right after I left my marriage and I was going through coach training, which was a really intensive personal growth period because you, you got to clean out your own closet, literally and metaphorically, when you go through coach training to be able, I think, to help other people. So anyway, all of these things that I learned, like recognizing my emotions and, and 
knowing that they were okay, being able to basically just notice them, name them, acknowledge them, feel them. But I have gotten to the point these days where I think this is like the um, the coaching work combined with Byron Katie's work. You know, so every time I have a negative thought with Byron Katie's work, I immediately, my knee-jerk reaction is I question it. So let's say, um, let's say my negative thought is we're never going to find a place to live with three animals and, you know, Chase and Sumner and me in Seattle and all of the things. And, <clears throat> and so I, w- I would immediately go to, oh, we may find a house. We will find a house. The universe will help us find a house. And so when you immediately go to a knee jerk of reframing a negative thought, it kind of cuts the emotion or feeling off at the knees because you immediately go to the reframe and to the happy place. Or at least, you know, you have a thought that will then generate better feeling emotions rather than the thought that was generating fear and uncertainty and that kind of a thing. So I don't know if that is making sense, but what I noticed with this practice is when I take the time to put pen to paper and say, I am thankful for my frustration at Moby for chasing Jackson this morning. I am thankful (laughs) that one more house that we looked at is not going to work out because we have too many animals. Or we, uh, it is not in the right area because we need to be in a place that's more central for Chase to be able to make it to Sumner and me to be able to be in Seattle. Like all of these things. And I write it down. And I started looking at that list in the morning. And I was like, darn, I am like, I'm feeling, um, I am making so much more room for my emotions than I have in a really long time. And there's a lot more going on inside of me than I realized. Like, how am I still dealing with this fear? How is this still coming up for the umpteenth day in a row? You know, (laughs) it's just, it is, um, it has been an incredible exercise at allowing what is going on inside of me to actually be. Now, this may sound like, duh, like uh, maybe everybody else is doing this already (laughs) all of the times, Um, but this has been my kind of breakthrough and it is such a beautiful, it is a beautiful book, and it is such a cool practice and exercise. We're actually doing this this month in Soul Digger. Um, we're spending four weeks on making miracles. And so <laughs> the moral of the story for Melody, and I'll just share this, is what she learned back then was that she could make miracles with what she had. And for her, a miracle is anything. The way that she defines it is basically anything that is outside of our control, that you can't change by your resources or your effort or your will or anything like that and so with this house when she finally started this practice instead of practicing misery just practicing saying thank you for everything even the hard stuff things started to appear to help her with this house for example she found amazing wallpaper that was like on clearance at a store that was fancy but she got it for pennies on the dollar. She talked to her mother who told her how to actually clean the walls to the, you know, to the foundation so that she could put the new wallpaper up. A neighbor gave her a couch that was perfect for them. She was able to make new, like she took all the faces off these disgusting cabinets and made an open face kitchen. And what she said was at the end of all of this, these miracles just came together one after another, these small miracles, to create the most beautiful house on the block. And even after her great success as a writer and her homes had been featured in El Decor and Oprah had gone to another one, and she said this was the house that she and her children 
loved the most, and it was the one that her daughter still talked about as an adult, like, let's go back and buy that house. Like, that was the house that was Mm -hmm. so meaningful, and that's how she learned in the late 70s how to make miracles. And she's continued to use this process um, going forward and finally did some workshops about it and wrote this book. And um, and it just, um, it, it was exactly the practice that I needed because it, uh, I'm, I'm in a, an uncomfortable place. You know, there's so much uncertainty. And this helped me access that. And can I say one more thing about it now that I've been on my monologue? Yeah, okay, do it. The last thing that I'm going to say about it that I think is really, it is, um, it's, uh, you can feel it when you're doing this practice. By saying thank you for these things, you have to acknowledge the stuff that maybe is not, not comfortable. Now, for me, I said my natural reaction these days, because I think a combination of my coaching work and Byron Katie work, my Byron Katie inquiry, inquiry work, is that I reframe emotions before I actually give them the time to be there and me listen to the messages in them. For Melody, she just said that she'd been a constant avoider her whole life, um, trying to push away the things that she didn't want to feel. She didn't want to wallow in self-pity. She didn't want to be perceived as weak or whatever your reasons are, whether they're more like mine or more like Melody's or something else entirely that you are avoiding emotions for, this practice can can move them and it cre- by acknowledging them, you are surrendering basically to the fact that they are there without judgment. And it means that you go from a place of resistance to a place of flow. Um, and the, she talks a lot about resistance in this book, and that's one of the things that I really like. Um, she, she, her theory is while denial can serve a healthy purpose for a short time to kind of help you, let's say she lost her son and he was only 12 years old and this was the most horrific experience of her life. Now, she will say, she doesn't say thank you for that. She says that feels sacrilegious. So she says thank you for how much I miss my son Shane. Thank you for the anger I feel at losing him. That kind of a thing. But she she said she doesn't ever say thank you for that. So that's just a little caveat. If you have something like that that you don't can't say thankful thank you for, that's fine. Um, she found another way to work with his death as an experience. But um, anyway, my my point being, um, denial can serve a purpose for a short time to help you kind of survive an experience like losing a child. Um, and can help you gather your resources to handle the experience once what actually happens sets in. But she said resistance serves no healthy purpose in our life except to divorce us from our power. And it makes sense. For her, she says, anytime we're resisting, the energy that we're spending on that separates us from the power within our own being and our higher power. Um, Whereas when we surrender, you are kind of stepping back into power. Um, surrendering and acknowledging these things by using this, you know, miracle exercise of saying thank you, it is a way of reconnecting to power. And and at, we've talked about this on the show. You know, we're at our most powerful in the present, not when we're ruminating about the past, not when we're future tripping and, and worrying about things that are to come. We are at our most powerful in the present, and this exercise is a perfect way to get into the present and align back with the power within you and the, and whatever power you know is out there that you see in the universe that is you know the, the power that creates worlds we step back into that when we stop resisting so she just has a different not a different but a the however she is articulating resistance um it, it made a lot of sense to me 
Um, anyway, mm-hmm. that's what I have been working with. And I think I, I feel I, I see people being very stretched to their limits. I, I think there's so much exhaustion over everything that's happened for the past couple of years that tw- the, the change to the new year doesn't have quite the oomph that maybe it does in other years that we've had, even from 2020 to 2021. Um, <coughs> so anywho. If that practice helps anyone out there, it has been so cool for me. I'm loving it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, I'm so glad that you shared more details about it because I do really think, and I'm going to buy the book myself. I've just really enjoyed hearing about it, you know, via Tosha's forum, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my understanding in trying it myself is it just really helps you. Um, you know, I was having a conversation, I'll say I was trapped traveling, I'm sorry, Hmm. um, traveling over the holiday. And, um, I, there was some kind of frustrating, like the, you know, the weather had changed and the flight was canceled and the, you know, and the, the friends were starting to be annoying. (laughs) Like it was just all of these things. And so I just started practicing this very thing. Like, I'm so grateful. We're stuck in this place for three more days. Uh I'm so grateful. We're not able to go home right now when we thought we would. I'm so grateful for this snowstorm that has knocked down all of these trees so that we can't get on the airplane. Uh, I'm so, you know, and it's, it's even just kind of a fun exercise, like, even if it sounds ridiculous, right? Because the ask is not to fully believe, oh, I'm so grateful that I can't get on this plane, right? The ask is like, could you just name it in, yes. in being able to shift energy around it, right? And I've noticed some big changes from that. Like, you know, there was um, even, you know, about the airplane kind of thing. I'm so grateful. We have no idea actually when we're going to be able to fly out of here again. You know, a text came through within moments, like your flight has been rescheduled. Please, you know, be here at this time. And this road has been cleared out. And I thought, well, wow, there's our answer. So it felt like the energy shifted for me. So I was no longer in that grasping state of that we get into when things are not going the way that our human mind would like. We get graspy like, oh, it's not supposed to be this way. Oh, and then our energy is, oh, it's, it's, it's cranky and crunchy and all of this, right? And it just sort of loosens that and adds some playfulness so that things can come in. Yes, exactly. Um, And and you said it, and I'll, I'll say it again, you do not have to feel grateful for the things that you're saying thank you. Right. You just have to say it. And I think, yeah, I mentioned this earlier, but she talks about there are just certain universal laws. And I think, I assume she's talking probably there are several that she references. Um, she, this is one of the quotes. I didn't understand much about universal law then. I didn't know a universal law says we should be thankful in every circumstance. No way would I write some phony count my blessings list when I felt miserable like I did. Um, I just went the other way and dug as deeply as I could into myself to root out all the negatives. So she said, I didn't, I, she said, some people said, you know, oh, you're lying because you didn't feel grateful. But she said, I never said I felt grateful. I just said, thank you for exactly what I thought, mm-hmm. how I felt, what I did and didn't have. Um, yeah, that, so it does so much. You're right. It shifts the energy. Yeah. So, Cause it is leading you to something, you know, yes. and it's like, 
you know, I was, I was there in a frustrating situation with, with my new love and we we're practicing this and we just started laughing because yeah. we just could both hear each other. And it sounded so re- like kind of ridiculous, you yeah. know, but even that became playful and connective in and of itself. Right. Which yeah. I think really helped, you know, really helped to just shift course for us. And the other thing I think that, you know, um, Tosha really talks about too, is some people get really nervous about, especially with all of the law of attraction kind of stuff, like people get nervous about having gratitude or thanks for the not great things because they fear that more of that will come. Right. So, you know, I've heard so many people say, well, I don't want to be grateful for all of the stress. What if the universe gives me more? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be grateful for the snowstorm or the canceled plane. What if I never get on the plane? Right. right. And so, um, I think that that has scared people off from, you know, from doing a practice like this. And I would just say, I don't, I just don't think it works like that. Mm -hmm. I think that when we are shifting ourselves into a more receptive energy, that is when we allow the divine to, to come in, right? Because even all of this stuff that we perceive as not good is in some way growing us. Exactly. Um, and, and she even, she, when you say we know, we, we can do a spiritual reframe on something and know that I, I do believe that no matter what happens, everything is working for our highest good as a soul and will be soul growth from lifetime to lifetime. Um, but she says, she's like, she cautions even against thinking like that. She's like, don't, she said, I see some people and they're like, well, this bad thing could turn into this thing. And she's like, no, stop. Like for her, she's very no nonsense. I actually, that's one of the reasons I like the audible book is because it's her. Um, uh, She's just, you can tell she's just no BS, but um, she's like, no, don't even, that's not what this exercise is about. You can (laughs) go do that in another exercise, but in this one, just (laughs) don't start trying to think about what good could come of this. If this and this, Mm -mm, and, and, and because I think to your point, I don't think it creates more of the same because, and I'll just use me as an example. When I didn't dump all this crap onto the page in the morning and acknowledge how afraid I really was or how frustrated I really was, it was spinning in the background somewhere in my psyche or my body throughout the course of the day. And I'm pushing it away, reframe, you know, I, there comes the fear again and And, you know, two hours into the day, here comes the fear again. And so I reframe, oh, we may find a house. And then push it to the background, push it to the background. And then it comes up. It just, it's like a, it's like. if Like a beach ball that you push underwater. Yeah, it's like you're trying to push it underwater. Mm -hmm. And if I spend some time in the morning writing, like doing a mental dump of all of the crap in my head and say, just, and doing this by saying, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. It's, it's like it cleans out the. The, or, you know, the ball can burst out of the water and float away as opposed to me mm-hmm. trying to hold it underwater the rest of the day. Uh, and so I think in that sense, you are creating a connection to something greater and what good can come when you get all the crap out. She says it much more articulately and she speaks more in like terms of um, emotions in the body um, and how keeping emotions stuck in the body can keep us from getting what we really want in life. Um, so it doesn't matter how you say it. I just, I, the experience of it <laughs> has, mm-hmm. has been cleansing and connecting to, uh, 
power in a way that um, is pretty darn cool. Who knew? Yeah. Counterintuitive. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that. And I love that you're getting to see some, some shifts around, you know, using that practice, because I think that's the most important thing is I'm all about, Hey, if it alleviates any kind of emotional suffering or mm-hmm. stuffing down of emotion and, you know, having, you know, alleviating stress, like I'm all for it. Hey, try, you try both. all the things. You and me both. And so mm-hmm. uh, the if you want to, the quick and dirty of the practices, 10 minutes a day, do it when you first wake up. Uh, she says there's something to doing it before kind of your defense system goes up and you're still kind of bleary-eyed and more vulnerable or mm-hmm. open. To your what, brain is yeah. still pure and yeah. vulnerable. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you can do it in the morning and just start with the prompt at the top of the page, today I am grateful for, or today I'm grateful that, and just write all the crap. And then, you know, after 40 days, maybe you have a miracle, maybe you don't. I don't have a miracle yet. Um, um, But I do have some, I I, I don't want to spend too much more time because you wrote some really cool stuff in your text that I want to get to. But I don't have a big miracle yet here with regard to Divinity School, Movi, or housing. Those are my, those are the things that we're (laughs) living in right now. but I will keep you posted on it. But I will say that that I have had less suffering, more ease, and I think uh, some cool ahas through this experience, mm-hmm. even though I do not have the big miracle to report yet. Yeah, but it's like miracles don't always work with perfect our perfect human timing, That's right? Me. And I, <laughs> it is according to you know, planets astrologically, this is the year of birthing something new, mm-hmm. you know, the start of a new eight year cycle. So yep. who knows what's coming for you? I, yeah. And on that note, I think that's, if you don't mind the thing, when you yeah. wrote your text, I, I always, you know, will make little notes about that to be like, oh, I want to ask her. Um, one of the things that you wrote about was that you had, um, the way you put it was that spirit guided you well even if it was painful and you couldn't see it, um, that you know ex- that's exactly what needed to happen to clear space for what's mm-hmm. happening in your life now. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're looking backward, and now yeah. you are, even though the human timing wasn't comfortable or you were going through some tough stuff, you realize mm-hmm. that's exactly what needed to happen. Now, these are the stories that I like, yeah. and I need this inspiration <laughs> myself right now. So tell me, Alessandra, what was that all about? Inspire me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just, it was, I had this really neat, you know, opportunity. Well, in, um, it was in 2020, right, that I had taken my trip, my partner, my then partner and I had decided to end our relationship and then started my road trip journey across the country, which Mm -hmm. I did not realize would be such a fierce um, journey in learning to trust spirits guidance. And also did not have any idea it would land me in Florida and I would fall in love with it here and feel as though I needed to stay, you know, all of these kinds of things and, you know, moments of having fear. Am I doing the the right or wrong or whatever thing and not being in this relationship, something's just telling me that I need to go and, you know, shared some of that process on the radio here, you know, when we were even talking about me making my final decision around that. Um, 
And so, you know, it's just been neat to kind of reflect on, I felt that there was a reason I needed to be here. I still don't, I still don't necessarily consider that Florida is my home and all be all, but it is a home base for now. And it's, it's one that I deeply enjoy and, and felt called to be here, particularly on the Gulf coast and, um, and on the Gulf, there's something about this water. I don't know in a past life, if I was here once, I don't know what it is, but there is a really special connection for me. And I knew that, um, even when I was staying in some temporary places that it just wasn't time for me to go. And I've thought, well, I don't know when, when it will be, but I wasn't, you know, my whole plan was to continue, you know, my, my trip was, I was going to just be nomadic and the next stop was Austin or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and I just didn't want to, it was like, I had a whole full body, just like, no, thank you it's a no for me. I don't want to go anywhere else. And even people said, well, what about checking out other parts of Florida? You know, you might like to live in this place or that. And I'm like, I don't know. I need to be here. And so, you know, um, I had shared with you that, um, just recently, you know, my, my ex and I had decided to take some time and not have communication because I needed to do some healing for myself. And it felt like my communications with her, things were just kind of getting you know, wounds were getting just opened back up. So yeah. I was like, I need you to not talk to me for a while. Yeah, yeah. And finally I felt the like, okay, the, the, um, what is like, um, Tosha Silver talks about like the Spanda, right. And yes. more yogic traditions that, that, um, that energy where you just feel like it's time. Yes. It's time to act, right? It's, it's like the energy we that can says, even... write that email now or pick up the phone yes. now or step out of the door now or whatever. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so, and I just hadn't felt that and hadn't felt that. And, you know, and then all, until I, until I felt that. And so was able to connect with her and, and, you know, and hearing her talk um, about her life now and hearing how she has found such ease in a new love relationship Mm. and how she struggled to tell me that like because she didn't want me to hear it in a way that I would hear myself as somehow not good enough or less than or whatever yeah but that she just was like I didn't know a relationship could be this easeful I love hearing this Alessandra because I oh yes and not to jump in and now. No, I love it. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> well, because I will, I hope it's okay to say this, but one of the conversations when, when you came and stayed with us and I know you were like, there was still like, are we going to get back together? Are we not? And these were, this was the hard decision time of, yes. is this a permanent separation? Yes. And I remember having this conversation with you because me, I went from a high conflict marriage where it was like, we were like kerosene and fire. Mm-hmm. to my relationship with Chase and to know it's not a reflection on my ex-husband, Rob. It, it's just the dynamic we created together. Some yes. souls create a fiery dynamic. Others are a little more peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then I get into a relationship with Chase and I'm like, oh, this is how a relationship is supposed to be. It yeah. is not. I just kept repeating when I was in the marriage, I would tell myself it shouldn't be this hard. And then when yeah. I got out of it and had the actual evidence with Chase, it doesn't have to be that hard. And Right. I remember having this conversation with you and I know you all worked so hard on your relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did mm-hmm. all of the things you're both in counseling. And so you knew yeah. 
how to be and to communicate. You sought help, you know, from wherever mm-hmm. you needed. And still, your relationship was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. It doesn't have to be this hard, Alessandra. It doesn't have to be this hard. It was hard. And we worked, I mean, worked I know. at it. And I know all relationships take work, right? This was work. And so it just felt like, wow, um, to hear her be able to reflect. And, you know, at some point when I felt that, that, um, like, okay, this is the time, this is time to end it, you know, rewinding the tape. I did say to her on some level, I feel like I'm being called to leave this relationship for you. Mm. There's something else for you, you know, that, because I just felt that so strongly, like another person, there was something for her. And she was, you know, she made a joke. She's like, you trying to tell me you're like Jesus and sacrificing yourself. And I'm like, (laughs) no, No, I am not Jesus, but I do have this sense. And so getting to talk to her, um, you know, where she has been now with someone new for the last, you know, um, I don't know, maybe eight months or something like that. You know, they're living together. They have started creating this life together. She feels so easeful. She feels so grateful, you know, and holding that like, yes, we loved each other well and she is where she needs to be, you know, and it was just so healing. And so, you know, on, um, then when I'm looking at my own life and I have that bit of information and I think there's no way that I could have seen the breadcrumbs, but what I, you know, what I see now, you know, a few months ago, I was talking about, there was, um, this kind of wonderful something on the scene. And then there was an, you know, another love on the scene. Right. And I had been asking the universe, (laughs) this is funny, but I just kind of put this all together. So I've been asking the universe, I, for, when the universe thought I was good and ready, I want a, like a summer love, or I want a love that lasts for just a short time. I want a lover that lasts as long as it needs to. Yeah. But I'd also be asking for also, can you send me a long-term love when it's good <laughs> for me and all involved? And really in reflecting, I realized both of those humans were sent to me what I think is at the same time. And so while the summer love has, has now, um, you know, um, what would I say? I almost get like an image of like a ocean. Like, it's just like, you know, she's not gone, but she's, but she's, she's gone. She's, she's gone. She came in like a wave and Uh she's back out in the sea, you know? And it feels like this other love has um, stayed and I'm getting to, um, experience myself in these new ways with this person and where we are so incredibly compatible that it's like, it is like the universe has been hearing everything that I have asked for so much so that it, it is a bit overwhelming. It's, it's a little like upper limity where I'm like, a little bit like, how good can you stand it? This is all of the things that you've been asking for packaged in this person. And that wasn't readily identifiable to me because when I met them, they were in another relationship. So there was some cleaning up that they needed to do to, you know, to be ready. And so anyway, I'm, um, it's just kind of looking at the breadcrumbs and, and as I, I've never met a person like this before. And, Mm. um, 
and I had to be here to meet this person. And, you know, we're starting to take steps and talking about new levels of elevated commitment. And Mm. that is bringing up my other stuff, but it's just like, I see the breadcrumbs of there's no way, there's no way I could have had that summer love that I needed to have without this journey out to Florida to meet the person that I needed to meet in order to connect me with that summer love. And I needed that relationship. And there was some, a lot that I gained from that bit of time, a lot, I mean, a tremendous amount that I learned over that time. And then there was no way I could have found this current love. And then there was no way that, that my former partner could have found her now love, you know, without these things happening. And so it's just been, I'm just kind of piecing together like, whoa, you cannot, it's impossible to see the breadcrumbs at the time. We just have to trust these little signs. You know, like I remember you uh, telling me on the journey, like you're having a hard time seeing right now, get, get to a park and see if a dragonfly appears you'll know what to do. Just little things like that. Right. I remember sitting and being stuck in Reno. I couldn't get on the freeway and head east because I was like, what's going to happen. And it's like being able to look back and trace these little breadcrumbs and see like, wow, just wow, wow, wow. You know? Um, and that's, again, I always like to say, that's not to say that that's without hardship or that this new love comes without hardship. Right. It's like, we're always holding both. Yeah, But it's just been unique. It's just been a neat experience to kind of be looking at this from a bigger picture. It is because it's so validating for the intuition that you had about letting your former partner go, not Mm -hmm. knowing that there were reasons of your own that perhaps Mm -hmm. staying in the relationship wasn't the right thing, but to also get that intuitive hit or hunch that it was also about letting her go for what was to come for her. And now you have Mm -hmm. that validation. Like those are the kind of the closed, is it a closed circle, a closed circuit? Or I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got the. Something like that. Yeah. You got to close the, yeah. Yeah. You close the loop. Close the loop. Yeah. Yes. And so I remember that it was, you definitely were pushed to your growth edge and out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. for a good, at least year. Um, Yes. And now I love, I mean, again, for my own selfish reasons. I love that you're at the point of seeing backwards now and going, ah, yes, that's exactly as that was supposed to happen. That went like that. Oh, my gosh, I'm ready for that. I feel like I'm on the climb. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And, and I'm ready for a plateau where I can look back and go, okay, there's some dots connected. Now let's keep going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's some dots. I can see them. It makes sense. Yeah, and it's like you never know. I mean, it's like I'm just now seeing all of it kind of come together. And, well, it's been maybe a year and a half since that whole, yeah. you know, since I very yeah. first came and stayed with you. Yeah. What was I, – I still, it blows my mind what was only supposed to be a week. And I was going to go back to Washington. (laughs) And now I am, you know, I'm here and have created this whole new life, um, fully based on following divine guidance. And I remember that my difficulty in surrendering that former relationship was, you know, this fear that I'm never going to be loved like Like that that. again. Yep. I will never get to feel that big of a love. Mm. And 
and I think I had shared this with you. Like, I don't think anybody can love me like that, you know? And, and then, you know, it's, it's interesting now with this new love to feel like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, already it's at like such a different level because I'm also showing up more in the fullness of me after this journey and what it's like to really be loved when I'm not I'm not shrinking or making myself smaller or shifting or pleasing and showing up and still being loved. It offers an opportunity for even more depth of love from someone. And so I thought, whoa, I really thought I, I really thought that that was it for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And so it's, you know, it's just a remarkable thing. And so I think, you know, if anybody is, is listening to and feels that fear, like, what if I let this go and I never get to feel this again, right? I think that that's a very human emotion to want to have love and belongingness and the threat of that being taken away is one of the most terrifying things you can do for a human. And so I think if you are experiencing that to just know and trust that the divine has an abundance of love for you. Yes. It reminds me of um, something Martha has said for years and writes about really beautifully in her latest book, The Way of Integrity, but it is the opposite of our most painful beliefs (coughs) that (coughs) that is the truth. So, for example, the very painful, scary belief of I will never be loved like that again, turned to its opposite is I will be loved like that again and more perhaps mm-hmm. and more I will be loved even better than that I mean, you can turn it to its opposite yeah. in many different ways but there's the truth mm-hmm. um, well and I remember you saying that to me early on and I just thought oh sunny <laughs> you're so full of sunshine and hope and you know I just can't with you you know and <laughs> Mind you, this is when we were in Petaluma and everything was just sunshine in California. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So catch me now. Yeah, exactly. I love that, you know, you were able to hold that for me. And I remember you mentioning Martha's teaching then about that. Like, yeah, that part that when you say that, it's so painful to hear yourself say that it feels awful for your body that's how we know it's not true yeah yeah right, that that's not true yeah and that yeah. the the belief i may find i may be loved like that again i will yeah. be loved like that again if you find that relaxation response in the body like oh, yeah. oh, there you yes. go there's truth there's truth and, yes. and now you have evidence for your little mind no not that you have a little mm-hmm. bad thing you know that little the little voice that's like yeah now yeah, you for that fear voice. It. Yeah. yeah, it's given me, yeah, it's given me so much. And so it's like, even, even now in this time, you know, it reminds me of the, um, that radical gratitude practice yep. where it's like, oh, had all these big plans for new years now feeling sick. Can't feel, you know, not yeah. feeling like I can do much of anything. So here I am. Thank you for this illness. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <Thank> that's <you. laughs> holding me up a little bit because I also have seen, I've also gotten so much evidence to trust. Like there is something in this for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to pretend it's making me happy. It wouldn't but, be happening if there wasn't something in it. Right. 
Right. And there is some, I think that when you're willing to, you know, listen to the divine and walk that path and trust, it just gives you just such a, it's, it's a, I I feel like it's a unique and, and wonderful way to live life that helps. It really helps me alleviate more of that just kind of human suffering, emotional suffering. Yeah, exactly. Um, to think that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was doing my thank yous for being sick last week because, I mean, keep in mind, I have been droning on and on about divinity school reapplication for over mm-hmm. a year now. Well, a year, not over a year, a year once I yeah. did everything. Um, and so I have been working up to this and I have really been working hard on the applications. And then, of course, I get sick the week that the two schools I'm most interested are due. And I'm running 102 temperature. I mean, I can't even see straight on the computer. Yeah. Like, and that's when my applications had to be in. And I've already found a couple of mistakes. I knew I would. I, I just wasn't on my, I wasn't on oh. my A game. And that is okay. Like, that's okay. That happened. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't supposed to for something, whether that mm-hmm. is not getting into those schools or showing up more authentically and being okay with not being perfect. Like, I don't, I don't know what the lesson is there, but. I was doing the same mm-hmm. thing last week with being sick. Of all the weeks to be sick, an entire yeah. 20, <laughs> like the whole yeah. 12 month period that's since passed yeah. since my last application. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well, and I'm sending you such amazing, incredible vibes for that application process. I know that you're on your last, like, what, 24 hours of that. Yeah. process except one of the schools just extended the deadline to tuesday which oh. you know i can't Don't let it leave that. my hands until i have ad nauseum tweaked it in ways that oh. probably tweaked it back to the way it was to begin with without even realizing <laughs> <laughs> do you think you could challenge yourself and still go with the original uh, uh, no date? i think i will i think i will okay. honestly i've given myself a lot more grace from being sick um i just don't mm-hmm. have the stamina and i have the, the brain fog that that is my god yeah. that's real um, I am not, I'm just not the writing is not as easy right now for me as it, it, it mm-hmm. usually is. So anyway, I would, I will, yeah, I'll check back in with you in a month since we're coming up on the end of our hour. I guess that takes us, um, right to the Ooh, end. And of the I will show. be in studio with you yes. live, um, in February. Yes. Alessandra mm-hmm. will be in Seattle. It will be mm-hmm. Sunny and Alessandra in Seattle. For yes. Us. And for that. <laughs> getting the place started. Yeah. Yep. Get ready, Benny. Oh, so it's so good to reconnect with everyone on the airwaves live this morning. Um, You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. It is not technically First Friday, but it is First Friday because Alessandra, (laughs) Dr. Alessandra. Oh, sorry. I just flubbed that one up. My fabulous co-host is here with me. (laughs) Yes. Hey, Dr. Alessandra. (laughs) There we go. Yes. (laughs) I did not hand that to you very easily at all this morning, but. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. And Sunny in Seattle will be live uh, again next week. Uh, this is your host, uh, one of them, Sunny Joy and <laughs> Sherry Bell. Oh, Dr. Alessandra Duke. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>